Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Let's Be Honest with Peter Kozadoy, the only show that looks you in the eye and asks you, are you full of crap, but does it with a smile? Uh, today, I have an incredibly special person. Her name is Gina. Uh, she is a best-selling author and the creator of Greatness You. Gina, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is This makes my day. Oh, uh, thank you very much. I, I'm going to carry you around everywhere with me, and that way you can remind me all the time. Um, so, Gina, you know, for those of you out there who don't know anything about you, give give us a three four minute rundown of who you are, what you're all about, and what gets you inspired. Sure. Let's let's start with why it's a good place to start. So, the reason I get out of bed in the morning and everything we do around here is to reveal greatness. Uh, and I worked a long time on that. I know it seems really trivial. Oh, it's only two words. But we we actually worked uh, for about three and a half days on those two words. And the reason why uh, we settled on them is because to reveal means something is already present. So I spend my life um, in service of people who are trying to dig deeper or reach higher. Uh, intuitively, they know there's something more, but maybe they're blocked or they can't see what's in their way. And so I've dedicated my life to um, assisting in that process. Uh, so it, it manifests in a number of different ways. Uh, 20 ish more years ago, maybe 22, we started the original company, our company's called The Greatness Group. And basically, uh, what it started out as and continues to this day is, you know, corporate team building and corporate training. Um, but but as that evolved over time, um, I've written a couple of books on uh, mind and the mechanics of the mind to produce results and help people kind of hack around uh, what might be preventing them and really get to the next level. So now I spend about 30% of my time uh, still doing a lot of that training, 30% of my time creating content, and another 30% of my time speaking to CEOs and, and working with some of them, a select few of private clientels, really curating that breakthrough to the next level. So um, change is my game and uh, entrepreneurs is my playhouse. Wow. I love that. Um, and I love the, this idea of uncovering, right? Because I talk a lot about honesty is like honesty is an act of attrition. It's not about putting more stuff on. It's about removing BS, right? And then you actually see the truth that can shine through. It's really that simple. Um, so Gina, listen, you probably weren't always the enlightened leader self that you are now. Take us back to a time when you had to get brutally honest with yourself as a leader, and it could be personal, business, family. What was going on? What did you do? And what happened next? Well, I mean, I was thinking about this, you know, as I reflected on what you stand for and kind of everything that you talk about. And the, the truth is that the hardest thing for me, I think, was admitting that, the, you know, when I graduated um, from university and, and had this amazing big corporate job and was on the track to be you know, somebody important. Um, there was a real day of reckoning where that just wasn't me, wasn't what I wanted. And uh, I was only 25 or 26. So, you know, three or maybe five or six years in the corporate world. And there I was kind of going, no, thank you. And it was a really difficult thing to do because, I mean, my grandfather at the time, uh, he cried when I left Procter & Gamble, cried, visibly cried because um, for him, I had landed the most, you know, this is a man that had survived World War II and taken his family from Europe to Canada and to start over. And there I was, you know, 
doing something insane. And so being honest about that, that wasn't for me. So when I left, I didn't really have a plan. All I knew was I couldn't pretend to be someone I wasn't anymore. And um, back then when I left, what I started doing as my work didn't really exist. There was no such thing as uh, business coaching or, or um, personal coaching. Like really coaches were athlete driven. And so I just started doing stuff for other companies like I had done in the corporate places I went from, but really assisting them to shine in their own right. And so um, it really that, that it was really difficult. I don't know if you remember being 25, um, but you, you, you don't have a lot of confidence in that you know what the world's like. And so to leave that corporate job was extremely difficult for me and to admit to people you know, I felt like I was letting them down, right? I had this incredible education and this incredible rise to, air quote, you know, glory, and I didn't want it. And so that was that was a really difficult thing to do was to sort of, that was the first time in my life I ever said out loud what was right for me, which wasn't the norm. And what do you tell the, you know, other genas out there who are like, yeah, I know I'm stuck. I know I'm in this place. that's not in what I call honest alignment, you know, with who I, who I am, what I want. What do you, what do you tell them? Well, so here's the thing. I don't tell people, I don't give advice, right? I, I honestly reveal greatness is a legitimate um, expression of who I am. But a key factor in that two word phrase is this notion that, um, the person has to want it. So, you know, I, I curate these. So, so from my private clientele, it's, it's only about a dozen people a year. I don't do a ton of work with private clients because it takes a lot of time. But we curate these private breakthroughs. And what I say to anybody and anybody who's listening to this or watching this right now or in the future, um, I want you to, to really take this on. In order to change anything in your life, you only need to meet two prerequisites. One is you have to have a burning desire for change. You have to congruently want the change. It can't be something your partner wants or something your mom wants. You have to want it. And it has to be a burning desire. Number two, you have to be willing to do what it takes. Now, people will say, oh, I gave it all I got and I failed, right? The thing about that is... You didn't give it all you had. You gave it everything you thought you had. And a real leader, sorry, has to give it what it takes. And obviously, if you knew how to get it, you'd already have it. So consider there's another level. So I I, and I congruently, 100%, without doubt, hold a belief that anyone can change anything, period. And that's why people come to me, because they kind of know they can. And, and I represent this certainty. And the only thing you need is desire and willingness, period. If in Churchill, I always borrow from Winston Churchill because he sums it up perfectly for me, which is um, if you're going through hell, keep going and never, never, never give up. Those two things, is that's all you need. If that is your model for the world, you will get there. Will you fall down? Probably. I mean, the first book that I wrote was called The Secret of Successful Failing. It's not a book about how to fail, just so you know. It's a book about recognizing that as long as you get up each time, eventually you will get there. And teaching people how to hack that process so they spend less time in what we'll call um, the uncomfortable 
you know, oh God, this is never going to change part of the process and more time uh, bouncing back up and doing something different. That's what I would tell people. It's so amazing, Gina. I, I got the chance to work on uh, one of Barbara Corcoran's businesses a few years ago. <clears throat> and I was, I was coaching entrepreneurs at the time, still am. And I said to her, you know, I coach all these entrepreneurs. If, if you want me to take back a message from you, what would that be? And she kind of looked at me like, duh, don't you know? And she was like, don't give up. Sure. That was it. <laughs> That's the secret. Um, just don't give up. And it's so funny. And I was particularly struck um, so my wife and I, a few years ago, we were going around the country to all the military academies. Um, and we, we arrived at the Naval Academy in Annapolis and, you know, and they're big, giant, beautiful, you know, white marble halls, this gigantic, uh, you know, painting. It says, don't give up the ship. And like, that's it. <laughs> don't, there's only one rule, right? Don't give up the ship. Yeah. Um, it's just fantastic. And, and trust that. So, so you asked me, you know, about what do you do with people who aren't living their true authentic self? Like, for, for me, that kind of thing has to happen before anything happens. You have to be honest, like Joseph Campbell wrote, follow your bliss, right? These are not, uh, you know, airy fair words that have no meaning. It was legitimate. Like if you have a desire and a willingness to do what it takes, the how will eventually show up. It's not your job to know how. Listen, let's like... I love how you started this with the no bullshit, no crap kind of thing. That's, that's, if you have had to, to give me a style name, that would be it. Like, let's be clear. Okay. It, if you knew how to get what you want, you'd have it period. So you don't know how that is like a given. So you don't have to pretend you do because you don't because you'd have it. So we're wasting all this breath on the obvious and so I, I always say to people, just got it, right? Like from for future reference, you no longer, the other thing I also say to people is, you know, people use the, the word, the phrase, oh, I tried and I tried and I failed. And I go, great. Okay, you know what? The try is a verb. It means to attempt. Okay, so, so if you get out of bed in the morning and put your clothes on, we'll use that as a symbol that you tried something. And you no longer have to ever report to me that you tried. I'll assume if you're out walking around, you're trying. So now all you have to report to me is whether you got it or whether you didn't. And if you got it, great. And if you didn't, what are you doing next? That's it. So it simplifies the process, right? And so I would say that if you aren't being honest with who you are, then the rest of it is built on sand. Thus, thus the book. And I love how you put it. It's like, it's not airy fairy stuff because I you know, very honestly, like I never set out to be the author of a book about honesty. I would have told you at 25 that this was a bunch of crap, right? It was like, what are you talking about? Um, but I have realized through, you know, hard knocks <laughs> and falling on my face a bunch that everything you're saying, Gina, is absolutely correct. And I could not agree with you more. We live in this society where it's somehow okay, like you did it your best. And that's the best that anyone could ask. And it's like, what kind of BS is that? Like, what are you talking about? What am I <laughs> We give out one more purple ribbon. I swear to God. I totally agree. I totally agree. I came out of the figure skating world, right? It's like oh. you either win or you fell on your ass and you suck and that's it. And so, you know. You can't have to do a double axle. No, oh, you know your stuff. I like that. Uh, no, I don't. I used to envy the like friends on the soccer team. It was like, yeah, no, we just pass the ball to that person. They do all the work. I'm like, you can pass to something? That's amazing. Like, how do I do that? Like, <laughs> I always use a figure skating reference when I'm talking about um, uh -oh. how perform in life, right? Because, mm -hmm. because 
and I'll say this, you know, when, when, cause I, one of the courses that we teach um, is this sublime, unbelievable, uh, extremely long, by the way, 17 days, secrets of communication between humans. I'm not talking about what you think I'm talking about. I'm talking about, um, you know, how, how we ensure language is transmitted, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things, you know, people get nervous when they talk in front of people. It's apparently the number one fear on the planet. So what I'll always say is, you know, people didn't know what your routine was going to be when you got out there. And as a figure skater, we're not sitting there watching you going, oh, he just missed the lots. No. So whatever you do, as long as you do it well, the audience will be happy. And so I often use a figure skating routine to say, you're the only one who knows you missed the thing. And the question is, do you have uh, control of your mind to, you know, what do they say? Like the show must go on. Because if you sit there and you know, as well as I do, if you sit there, if you are a high performing athlete, that changes everything in terms of what you know about um, reality. If you sit there and focus on what you should have done five minutes ago, the rest of your routine is screwed. That's like a perfect metaphor for life. Yeah, it really is. And it's funny. I actually wrote a business article, I forget for who, maybe Inc., about how if you like this exact thing, like I went out, I forgot my routine, kept my stuff together, and actually won a competition where that happened. <laughs> um, you didn't know how, but what you knew yeah. was in your heart. And see, I've yeah. at the risk of setting, um, Lucy Goosey, I want to be clear here because I do, I have an engineering background. Hmm. Right? So let's just get clear that, that I am a very mechanically oriented person and our bodies are very mechanical. Our mind body is very mechanical. There's function. And if we look at it through a mechanical lens, um, and I'm not saying we're machines, but if we act, like if we look at ourselves and, and we try to break it down as if we were a machine, it simplifies it a little bit. And that gives us access to variables that we can change. And then we can measure our outcomes, right? So then, we, you know, with the, with the mind and the body, what I can tell you is that if your heart and your desire is there and your willingness is there, you can, and this is not a motivational speaker quote, you can literally achieve whatever you want. I agree. And if someone's done it before, all you got to do is model them. And if if someone's never done it before, then you have to do the work of finding the sequence that works. Mm -hmm. So that's more work. But in both cases, it's still possible. I I say it all the time. Like if someone else has done it, there's no reason why I can't do it. No reason why you can't do it. Like it's doable, right? Um, Gina, take us to, let's do a high-low. You know what? You've done a lot. Looking back, what is the thing you are most proud of? And what's the thing you're perhaps least proud of? Oh, that's good. It's, it's kind of two, one and the same thing, actually. So I have to say, given where we are right now, um, so March of this year, uh, as you know, we had a bit of a crisis. And I woke up and we were going to do our dashboard for the company, which is corporate team building, training and speaking. And uh, the dashboard said zero. So the revenue projection wasn't down 10% or down 20%. It was zero. And we, we laugh in hindsight. We're like, wow, our entire business, we, didn't, we would never have thought of it this way, but our entire business was built upon the assumption that non-essential business travel would always be there. And it was gone. And so our pivot is probably the most, and I know it's very recent, but I am so impressed with with our pivot because um 
we didn't have an option. You know, when they say burn the bridges or whatever, the bridges were on fire. And and it wasn't like, it. I, I have to say, even though it was such a shock, we pivoted. So th- two things in particular. So one of the things we teach at Greatness U is a lot of mind mechanics, things like neurolinguistic programming, hypnosis, timeline therapy. So a lot of um, what we call modern performance technologies of the mind. Okay. And so... Um, People have been telling me for years, entrepreneurs just like you, EO had been screaming at me for years. Oh my God, you got to put this online. And I kept saying, it can't be done. It can't be done. It can't be done. Well, it's incredible what can happen when there is no other option. (laughs) Yeah. And so because these trainings are kind of high end, they're for peak performers, right? They're not just for anybody. And we kind of have a, a vetting process so we don't just let anybody take the courses. They're kind of expensive for the average person, not for an entrepreneur, but so People don't just come in off the street. They, they take minimum seven days. And I told you that one of them is 17 days. So they're long. So given travel and schedule and racket and people, whatever, you know, a good course would be like a dozen people. That would be an exceptional training. It would be very well run. And the first one we ran virtually, so we called it virtual NLP, which was almost identical to the way we would run it in person, had 47 people in it. Now, I would never have used that as a model of possibility if it hadn't have been for this crisis, okay? So it changed the paradigm immediately. And then the next, what came next in terms of the mastery level and the trainer level, in terms of rolling it out was much easier, obviously. So I'm really proud. And then the other thing that we did was, as I mentioned, our whole company was built on these in-person events. So we have a whole team building division called scavenger hunt anywhere for 20 years have been doing corporate scavenger hunts all over the world. Well, like all of a sudden. And so that part of the business pivoted into something called connectify, which in a nutshell was virtual team building, but so much more because of our expertise in people. And so those two things are our proudest moments, but my biggest misstep truly was not recognizing the potential to reach more people through this platform, even though it wasn't ideal in my mind. So really resisting it. And I'm talking about resisting it for a decade. So people have been asking me and saying, you'd have more people, you'd have more people. It would be, and I kept saying, no, no, quality control, quality control. So I was really resistant. To, and the, the, so if you want to talk about the how being presented to me, right? In one of my books, I say something like, you get first, you get the message in whispers. And then you get it a little bit louder and then it knocks on your door and then it smacks you across the head with a cosmic two by four. So this crisis provided the cosmic two by four. But if you, if I'm honest with you, I was given these signals at least 10 years ago, 10. So it's sort of the, at least I got the point, but so I'm proud of what we finally did, but I really think we could have done it a decade ago. And where would we be today? Yeah. And that's such an important takeaway for everyone out there. You're receiving signals. Maybe your TV's not turned on. Maybe it's not on the right channel, but the way the airwaves are coming through. And it's a question of, you know, how honest are you willing to be about those little thoughts in your head? What's in the back of your mind? What, hey, when people come up to you and say, hey, I'm surprised you don't do X, you'd be great at that. Or what, like, maybe there's something well, to it. You've just nailed it. And I don't know if you did this on purpose or not, but the, the program that, so, you know, we were talking before and I said I was in EO New York uh, mm-hmm. in February. The program that I'm doing was doing prior to this all happening was called the science of intuition. And I was teaching um, peak performers, entrepreneurs, CEOs, 
the, 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 the literal science, this isn't like a floofy term, of the electromagnetics of our heart and our brain and how we are transmitting and receiving signals in the same way our cell phones work. Okay, that just to, to give you a, a very simplified version of it, but sh sharing research that's being done right now that shows that this isn't just like a metaphor. We are literally receiving signals based on what's in our heart. So back to your point about being honest with what's in your heart, because it's sort of like, um, you know, who are you texting? Are you texting what you love or are you texting what you are tolerating because that's what's coming back in terms of your signals so it's it's not a metaphor these this is straight up science and you are like oh you can't prove it well the reason we aren't able to to definitively prove it yet is not because it's not true it's because our science isn't sophisticated enough and when it gets there it will become common knowledge but but the cutting edge right now is that intuition is a faculty that can be uh, developed like a muscle or a skill set and there are conditions that have to be met in order to ensure. And one of them, to your point, is being totally brutally honest with what is in your heart. Mm -hmm. And it and it's so it's so simple. We're taught, you know, that at three years old, uh, like honesty, right? And then we all tend to forget. I mean, that's a bit what's been so surprising to me to watch, sort of honesty take its twists and turns in society, you know. And of course, in ourselves. And I don't know if you realize this, Gina, but Sharon Lecter uh, wrote my forward for Honest to Greatness. Of course, she talks all about you know all this stuff. And again, I want to remind everyone, I was the skeptic that would have told you up and down, all of this is complete crap until I've seen it work in my life so many times that I would I'd honestly be an idiot not to accept that everything, Gina, that you're saying is true. So perfect. Um, Give everyone a sense of where they can get a hold of you, follow your work, follow along. Where can they go find you? Okay. Well, let's start with giving because I really believe, I mean, that is my whole MO. So uh, right now and probably forever, we have um, Greatness U, so greatness with the letter U.com mm -hmm. uh, slash virtual. And on that page is a growing list of resources that are free. We started providing it in the to help entrepreneurs pivot in the crisis. And we've kept it up there because people are telling us they're getting such value out of it. So there's all kinds of things there, free books, free courses, free, 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 free. Wow. Uh, one of the things at the very top, which might be useful for your listeners, is um, some quizzing on how to read people. Why would you want to read people? To serve them better right? To be able to communicate in their language, not your own. It's the biggest mistake we make as leaders is that we sell, whether it's a widget or an idea, it doesn't matter. We sell from our model of reality instead of respecting the model of reality that, that is standing in front of us. And that mm. is the probably one of the biggest um, pivots you can make as a leader. So that is right up there, right at the top. Um, and I'm on social media. Is I'm either Gina.Molicone or just Gina Mollicone, um, the long isn't part of my social media stuff. But as soon as we're done here, I'm going live. I broadcast uh, live every Monday for Mindset Mondays, and I'm going to go do a live broadcast. And I'm probably going to reference this. Um, probably going to reference this call here. Awesome, awesome. Well, listen, folks. Greatnessu.com slash virtual. She just told you all kinds of amazing things you can get there. And Gina, I really resonate with the operate from someone else's mindset. I have a whole chapter in the book about being honest, not only with others, but about others 
because so often our egos get in the way and we forget that people are so different from ourselves. Gina, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. I mean, those were like words of wisdom, like a Roman fountain. That was amazing. Thank you so much for being here. I often get compared to a fire hose. So I have a feeling we have a lot more in common than this little interview would have uncovered. But that's it. I really appreciate meeting you. And thanks for having me and to your audience as well. And anybody that needs help, they, you know, the first step is just to ask and find it. Thank you so much. And of course, for those of you who have listened to this episode for the first time and you're like, yes, honesty, this makes sense. Gina knows it's important. Peter knows it's important. Go pick up your copy of Honest to Greatness everywhere books are sold. And uh, until next time, thanks for being honest. Take care. Thanks for having me.